This is What's Your Why presented by the Women in Business Spectacular, a unique equestrian competition that encourages the involvement of women in business and highlights the successes and achievements of those within. Welcome to this special six-part series where you'll meet some fabulous guests of the equestrian competition and will, fingers crossed, learn something new about their paths to success and views of the future. Now let's get started, but not before shouting out a huge thank you for giving us your time, and more importantly, for all the support and encouragement along the way. Now sit back, relax, and get your listening ears out, because these women in business have something to say. But you never know what you miss when you don't at least try. My name is Heather Briggs, and I call myself an equestrian for hire. <laughs> ah. I do a little bit of a little bit of everything. I'm not afraid to try new things, and I seem to kind of flow like a river. I find myself in unusual equestrian endeavors because of the wonderful people I seem to to have in my life that constantly present themselves to me. So I don't do one thing. It's just kind of all things horses. The entrepreneurial spirit that keeps you fresh and doing lots of things, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit like your your question, what's your why? Well, why can't I do that? Why can't I try that? Oh, that looks interesting. Mm -hmm. I started a long time ago. Uh, I think every little girl has some some dalliance with horses growing up. Uh, so I started at a military base with horses and kind of progressed from there. You yourself at a military base or was your, it was due to your family situation? Due to my family. Okay. We were at Fort Belvoir and they had a, uh, a cavalry there a long, long time ago where they had horses and they were kind enough to let me take riding lessons at Tamarack stables. I don't think they exist anymore. They might, if somebody knows, I'd love to know. But I started there and it just was always been a lifelong gravitation towards horses. I've come and gone out of the sport several times as life takes you to different places, but they've always held a special place, special place in my heart. So, As they do, right? They just tuck themselves right in there and stay for a while. They do. Yeah. 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 So tell me. What exactly do you do now? I've, you know, I've researched and I see a lot of your very eclectic, diverse career path. So what is it that you're focused on now? In the past probably two years, I've scaled down a little bit. I had been, for the past 10 years, we've had a, a small farm in, in Holland. We did some breeding, actually, and we did a lot of breeding, which we have now kind of moved away from uh, it just got a little bit a little bit too much a little bit too frantic and I started to move more into the management side a little less into the the training I had been a combined driving trainer for a while combined driving show producer and I chef to keep yes I was <laughs> been the chef to keep for the US and the Italian teams both in the single and pair that was fun at the world championships. I've been a horse owner for combined driving horses on multiple teams, um, including the US and Germany and Australia. I've done World Cup indoor driving, helped support a team with that. Wow. I've been owners for jumping horses, dressage horses at the international and national level. 
Lauren Huff has been a writer for me for many, many years. Amazing. So, it, you know, we've kind of done a little bit, a little bit of everything. I moved into course design many years ago. I started here in the U.S. and was able to get my uh, FEI license a couple of years ago. So now I'm a FEI two-star course designer for combined driving and the only woman <laughs> out of the 65 designers in the world. That's an amazing, yeah, that's an amazing accolade. Congratulations. That takes work and dedication. That's, uh, that's very impressive. Again, it's, we've just kind of found myself always asking the question, well, why can't I do that? So uh, that's a little bit how I found the combined driving sport. I started with a little mini and which my son outgrew very quickly when he was little, little. Well, now I have this mini. Well, why can't he drive? Why can't I have two minis? Why can't I have a team? So yeah, we just, again, just started and progressed. And now, now I find myself for a while, I was the chief technology officer for an equestrian registration management platform. So I did a little technology work in the equestrian industry, um, some website design. Is that your background? My background is actually in uh, telecommunications. Okay. And and oddly enough, so I have a degree in, in art history and engineering, electrical engineering, because why not? I started in electrical engineering and found that that was interesting but not creative enough for me so kind of three quarters of the way through I decided I really liked art history I've always been a fan of history art in particular and I I changed majors to art history so I have a minor in electrical engineering and a and a degree a bachelor's in art history I feel like that to me it sounds like well I'm an accountant with a marketing degree or I'm an accountant with a PR degree, <laughs> or, you know, it just seems like those two <laughs> things don't really go together, but well done. I have to say it really does blend in an odd sort of way. There is always, there's always math in things. There's always analytical ways to look at things and everything. And it's not solely just a, a black and a white. There's always so many shades of gray. So it really does help to have that foundation in which you can see many perspectives in any situation. So while, you know, it didn't end up being my forte, it's only enhanced the way that I look and react to things and drive forward. So it's, it's been a blessing. Yeah, it just goes to show how many different facets of education, you know, all come together to just make something wonderful and unique all the time. So it's important for us to never stop learning, I think. Yeah. So I started in telecommunications with cell site design. I moved into the engineering department a long time ago at a company called Nextel. doesn't exist anymore. I think they were absorbed by Sprint at some point in time. This might be a bit of a challenging question, but how would I get to where you are if I chose to follow the same path or if I chose to follow a, a similar career track? Is that even a fair question or is there something that you maybe want to focus on? I love your resume. My advice to anybody is to make your own path. Nobody's nobody's going to do it for you. You've got to do the legwork. So whether it be reading, research, asking questions, I started down the combined driving path by reading an article in the Chronicle of the Horse. I saw an article on the Paris Championship that had been in Conti, France. I think it was 2008. And I was just like, you know what? I want to 
I want to be there. I want to do that. That looks cool. And I had never been to a competition really. I like, I had not really done anything. I did been to a few pleasure driving competitions, but I was like, you know what, this is where I want to be. So I found a friend in Holland. What's the first step in that? You know, reading an article <laughs> and saying, this is what I want to do is the, the obviously you're telling me the first step is that you're phoning a friend in Holland to get the details, but that takes some serious gumption. It costs you nothing to ask. You can always say, you know what? I, this is more than I thought it was, or this is not something that I, again, what I had in my head was not really the reality of it, but it costs you nothing to ask. Yeah. You know, so I phoned a friend. I was like, hey, do you know anything about this sport? And he's like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, okay, yeah, because that's a little bit Dutch. Yeah, of course. Yep. And he's like, I have somebody to talk to you. So he put me in touch with the former uh, Dutch world champion, Charit Balstra, who has since passed. He had a team of Frisians for many, many years and was quite successful with that. But it was a good place to start. And so I, I flew over and I met Chert and we found a pair of horses and, you know, kind of talked to him about it. He took me to a show and based. And that was the start of kind of my combined driving relationship. That happens fast. It does. Like two years later, we were we were on the team. So oh, wow. in Topol Chanky. So yeah, it, it did. It happened super, super fast. And excuse my ignorance, I come from a high-performance hunter-jumper world, but just to be clear, combined driving consists of three events with a team of horses. It's basically the mirror of eventing. So our first day is dressage, and you can do combined driving as a single, a pair, or a team of four. Okay. Both for horses and ponies. So you can have, yeah. So it, again, if you're a pony person and you're like, man, I really wish I could go back to ponies. I really love ponies. As an adult, you can. You can drive a single pony. You can have a pair of ponies because two is always cuter than one. <laughs> well, and I have to tell you, the the hats, I oh my this God. is going to sound awful, but it's because I know that's not what the sport is about, but I just want to wear the clothes. I just, I want the hats. I want all the scarves. of it. Oh my God. Yes. yes. My, my love of Hermes only grew with the scarf collection. I know. <laughs> I'm like, and there's always a reason for a hat. Then you always have an event for a hat. So yes, that's the, exactly the what I thought. Quite extensive. Well, and you have to have summer and winter hats. There's felt hats and toppers. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, just too many to count. I know. I, it's not the reason I love combined driving, but again, the, yeah. the tradition and the dress that comes yeah. with it too, the history in the sport, as again, as an art history lover and a person that just loves history in general, the, the tradition is what really drives me towards the sport because there's such a fascinating tradition with the type of carriage and dress and what people did with each type of carriage. I mean, it. you can spend... There's many, many books, but days and hours. Um, we have a fabulous museum here at Morven Park, a carriage museum. So if you're ever in Virginia and want to come, definitely there's a carriage museum. And it's it's lovely if you just want to see, again, get a little bit of history. Yeah, It's amazing to me how far we've come in, in 100 years, 100 years ago. Everybody knew how to drive. I mean, a five-year-old knew how to drive. They could drive yep. a pony to pick up something from town and, and come back. And now it's alien to people. They have no no idea, no feeling for it. And we get a lot of hunter-jumpers. We get a lot of dressage people, especially in my circle. They're like, hey, do you mind if I come out and try driving 
you know, at the farm. And they're amazed at how, how they can improve their riding by learning how to drive. Oh, that's interesting. Because without the use of leg aids, you really have to use your, your voice and your hands gently. Yeah to be able to get them to do what you want to do, to, to ask yeah. them to create that partnership when you don't have that physical connection sitting atop them. So it really is a fascinating sport. So yes, day one is dressage. Day two is the marathon, which everybody loves. You run yes. around the course through the obstacles and there's a time element. And yes, the chaos that goes with that, everybody loves that. And then the third day is equivalent to the show jumping it is a obstacle course through a pair of cones that's been narrowed so that you only have a certain amount of clearance that your cart goes through, your carriage goes oh, through. Yeah. So you drive this course for time and it's basically time and faults. If you hit a ball, you get a number of penalties and then there's a recommended time and you must fall within. And you don't drive the same team, you don't have to use the same team throughout the whole phase, through every phase. So if you are have a single horse, you use the single horse through the same, through all three phases as you would um, in eventing. If you have pairs, if you drive a pair, you can bring three horses and then swap out. Got it. Yeah. So those horses really have to be athletes. I mean, getting a little off topic, I hate to say it, but they have to be pretty and fast and accurate. Correct. Yes, they do. They, uh, yeah, they tend to be very forgiving creatures because it's a lot to ask when you can't see anything behind you. They have to have a lot of trust, a lot of faith, and it really is an act of, of partnership. I find my driving horses to be, they ask a little bit more questions in the beginning until you really figure out what you're doing together, but man, they are, they are the best, you know, the best horses I have, I have ever owned. My one after was retired from driving, she became my low level dressage horse. And man, I had so much fun with, I had just as much fun with her doing, you know, first level dressage as I did with her at the world championships. It was just a different partnership. And man, she just liked the show. She could do, she could still do a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she showed up until she passed. I mean, she was awesome. I love that mare. It's amazing when you can find a bond or create that bond with, yeah. uh, with horses in particular, and then have that carry you through life for sure. Yeah. So I guess circling back to the question, how did I get to where I am? It's questions. It's just, if you find something that interests you, find somebody that you can talk to. And if they don't know the answer, hopefully they can refer you to somewhere. But just keep just keep asking questions. It causes you nothing to investigate that path. There's never a clinic or something that you can take that will be a waste. You will always apply it somewhere, somewhere in your equestrian career. I can't tell you how many times that I have looked at a piece of a dressage equipment and said, you know what, I think I could use this here or in driving or vice versa. It's really amazing. I do some work with a therapeutic riding association called Sprout down the street for me. And they were looking for adaptive reins for a child. And I was like, I have reins that might be a little bit too long for you. I'm like, but I can adapt them a little bit more. They're driving reins, but they have they have loops in them. So, the, so you can actually put the child's hand through the loops. 
and they could steer the horse that way without actually having to hold on to something. So we adapted single driving reins for a child so that they can be able to ride. Again, not the intended use of the attack and equipment, but again, had I not been involved in that, I wouldn't have saw the parallel. And again, it's how do you get to where you're going? It's just, it's, it's knowledge. It's, it's just knowledge and asking questions and finding that next road, finding that next bright spot, finding that next idea. Make your own path. If something sounds interesting, do it. Are you planning your show schedule this summer? Don't miss the first ever Saratoga Women in Business Spectacular happening July 13th to 17th at White Hollow Farm. This unique horse show was created by women, operated by women, benefiting women's health and showcasing women in business. This event is something that has never been done before. The Saratoga Women in Business Spectacular will break the mold by having women fulfill all positions for the show while showcasing women in business in the equine world and beyond. This important initiative will not only be beneficial for all that partake, men are certainly invited to attend, but it will also be educational and philanthropic. Proceeds for this event will be donated to organizations that support women's health. Exhibitors and attendees will be offered multiple opportunities throughout the show and beyond to meet, interact, listen and learn from a variety of remarkable women willing to share their career stories and career paths. If you're interested in participating or just want more information, please visit saratogahorseshows.com and we'll see you there. Do you have any advice to anybody that might uh, might be feeling tentative to do things like that, to, you know, reach out and network? Do you have any advice as to how people can forge ahead with just jumping in and getting involved? For the most part, I'm a, I'm a pretty quiet person. I, it is not natural for me to go up to somebody. I have to really, I have to psych myself up. Okay. Going down to Wellington for a week, it takes a lot of energy from me to recover when I come home. It's a lot right. of, it's a lot coming at me. Like, again, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that has to kind of build up my energy stores. But if you want to get somewhere, you're going to have to take those chances. So prepare yourself, write it down, send a shot across the bow through an email or a text if you don't feel like you can do it face to face at first. Mm-hmm. but just kind of know that if you don't get an answer, it might not be that person doesn't, doesn't want to answer you. It could be lost in their spam mail. It could be that they're busy or something face to face is where, where you're going to get your best answer first, because it's hard to ignore somebody who's talking to you directly. Um, <laughs> but it, not that it hasn't been done, but you can always set an alternative time. If they don't have time later, is there another time that you can, you know, take a few minutes, set something up. But if you are tentative, start with a text, start with a conversation on, on it's, I'm an Instagram person. I'm not a Facebook person, right? But there's so many good pictures and people and stuff. Send them a, you know, DM them or something. And a lot of times, you know, people that I don't know will send me a message back, uh, which is always fun and fascinating. It's kind of one of the things that I do like about the social media platforms is that you can get in touch with people that you would never have access to or wouldn't run into in daily life. I have a couple of friends in Poland that I met through that platform that I have since gone and, and visited, but I would never have just randomly gone to Poland. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't find myself there often. So, but yeah, it's, you know, just reach out again for those tentative steps. It's, it's not a bad way to start, but you will definitely get farther yeah. going and, and trying to meet people and trying to, to reach out, phone a friend, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. What a great recognition for you, I think, early on in that you know your personality type, you know what it takes out of you to be able to do that and then be able to create situations and accommodations towards your personality type. I think that that's an important lesson to learn in life is figure out how much energy it takes and what kind of person you are and what works for you because what works for me doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. Myers-Briggs definitely in college th- that has helped <laughs> served me served me well but I do really believe in in energy management especially dealing with horses you can tell when they come out of the stall how they're feeling that day you're like it's going to be a good day it's not going to be a good day or oh you know I'm not feeling it today maybe I need to change my my plan because I what I thought I could accomplish we're not going to have as successful a day as I might have wanted so let's change tack and do something different so that we can be successful. Mm-hmm. I'm always willing to change my canoe, honestly. <laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> That's great. If you could do the same thing again, or if you could go back and have a redo, would you? Or would you do it the same all over again? No, absolutely. There's always things that you look back and you're like, oh, dear God, why did I do that? Um, or why did I do it that way? But hindsight, yeah, of course you could change these things and I would have done things in a different order or step. But no, I absolutely, I I am constantly amazed, quite frankly, <laughs> yeah, of where I am today and where I thought I was going to be, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Never would I have thought that I would have been blessed with a life in horses um, to, you know, to legitimately make a a living with horses. It is not an easy life. So if you think it's all going to be Grand Prix and high rolling sponsors and stuff like that, you can, you can just put that one to bed. Yes, there are times when it's fabulous and you're riding high, but there are times when you just close yourself in a closet and cry because you're like, everything, absolutely everything is going wrong. Your horse is found the one nail from, you know, 1899 in the paddock. Yes. And you're like, out of the three acres that you are in, you found the nail that's been buried a hundred years and you damaged yourself for the next year. And, you know, you look sideways at a bucket and you cut your lip. You're like, what is going on? Everything is, everything is going wrong. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would totally do it again. There's always so much to do and there's always so much opportunity. And we're, I think everybody probably says that we're living in an exciting time with things changing and, you know, you have the ability to really make an impact with your voice by attending the meetings from Equine Canada and USEF and attend those annual meetings, attend those webinars, attend those training sessions. They're there as a as a benefit, as a member, um, as a service. And again, you can always learn something. You can always, Mm -hmm. if if you're like, no, this is not for me, you can always drop off, but you never know what you miss when you don't at least try. So yeah, do it. I have a, an interesting kind of thing that I always keep in the forefront of my mind as I'm kind of going through life. The president of Barnard College, Ms. Belock, I believe is Mm -hmm. her name is, she teaches cognitive science. 
which is a fascinating, I don't know how she got from president to be from being a cognitive scientist, but that's fine. But she says, remember to play your whole movie and not just a clip of your latest stumble on repeat. Oh, that's amazing. I think we tend to focus on the negative a little bit more and not one to toot my own horn. It was really Tracy Weinberg and Adele. I was just like, no, you'd be a fascinating person. I'm like, I'm not that fascinating. They're like, you've done so many like different things. She's yeah. they're like, we don't know how you keep it all together. And I'm like, I, I just, I like to juggle things. I like to have a lot of different things going on at one time. But yeah, I would totally, totally do a redo. I mean, you know, life, life is to live and and to learn. And it's always a process. So, you know, I made like some of the decisions that I made, but I made them and you kind of come out better on the other end and just kind of, you just go forward. That's the only way you can go. It's funny, I recently read an article, and to quote you, you said in it, I'm looking at trying to help balance cutting-edge sport for competitors and horses with the dignity and tradition of days past. And that statement alone makes you fascinating. You, that makes you somebody that I want to talk to, absolutely. It's, uh, it's intriguing, and it's enlightening, and I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. I think history, again, I think it all goes back to history. Sometimes we try to move too fast away from it to try to do things a little bit better, a little bit faster. But there's always, especially in equestrian sport, there is always a basis in fundamental discipline in riding. And you start with your walk, trot, canter, no matter where, where you go, it's your walk, trot, canter. And there's fundamentals that you need to learn in order to be able to grow. And that is your, that's your history. So you have to know where we started in order to know where you want to go and why you want to change it. And sometimes you ask the question, well, why are we doing it this way? And nobody can answer why, why are we doing it this way? It's not that you're doing it wrong, but it's important to always ask that question to make sure that you're still on the best, the best path, the best direction. And that's kind of what we're doing. What I'm looking at now, uh, being on the FEI driving sport committee, is or sport has a long history in, in terms of time, but it's only been a recognized sport since the mid 70s. Why are we changing things so fast? Is it good for the sport just because we can? Should we do it? And you have to just continually ask those questions. It's a check and balance of balancing history with technology and the things that we are capable of doing today. So I try to use that always in my life. Takes us full circle to what's your why, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's the best name for a show ever because again, what's your why? Yeah. Somebody always has something to say. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate your time and your energy and everything that you have spoken to us about today. Again, you have an amazing, an amazing resume, not just, not just professionally, but I would gather personally as well. I mean, doing the research, I was just appalled. I'm like, how, how does this lady keep it all together on so many different levels and doing so many different tasks and so many different things? So I absolutely applaud your, your life path, really. And, uh, and thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Helen. Thank you, Heather. Thank you.